Glad to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas to me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in a few minutes in today's Clark Rageous Moment, we're at the time of year that we are all looking to stretch a buck. I'll tell you, be careful when somebody promises you an opportunity that you can really make your money grow. Special warning coming your way. And coming up later, there's some house cleaning I want you to do, or housekeeping, whatever you call it, digital housekeeping. I'm going to fill you in and tell you why later. So here we are, week from Christmas, and there's always a danger that you'll spend yourself into oblivion at the very end of the Christmas season, feeling a case of the guilts or getting caught up in it, and you spend money that's going to put intense pressure on you. And I think how often we as Americans find ourselves after Christmas paying for this Christmas till sometime next summer. And what we run up, bills that come in January, we can't pay having to stretch them out and all the rest. And I want you to know if you're staring down a week till Christmas, your bank account's thin, and you don't have the ability to buy people all those fancy things that you think they're going to want, do things that aren't going to cost you money. Bake, uh, if you can bake. Uh, Give people... Uh, your own made-up gift certificates for you doing chores for them or whatever. Think of every creative way that you can use your ability, your time, whatever, to do something nice for someone instead of it being about spending. And this is so important because one of the greatest sources of stress in the United States is debt. You know, we've got credit card debt in the United States that collectively is now over a trillion bucks, according to the Federal Reserve. And I don't need to tell you that people carrying student loans are feeling burdened by those. And recently, you know, there was something that found that not 50%, but getting up there people who couldn't handle an unexpected emergency expense is nearly half. And when you look at the possibility of how you're feeling physically being affected by what you owe physically, according to a survey done by Lending Club, there's a direct relationship between people who owe money, and people that are in poor physical health, that we make ourselves sick with worry about debt. And we're more likely to have anxiety. We're more likely to be just what we call stressed out. And I want you to think this through, that if you're in a position where You're afraid to answer the phone. You don't want to go to the mailbox. The 
money you owe is actually fouling up your head and fouling up your health. So don't, by trying to bring Christmas cheer to somebody else, make life tougher on yourself. You have my permission to do something nice for somebody and know you've met what you may have in your head as your obligation to them of a gift because, you know, for a lot of people, your time with them is something that they find more precious than something you would wrap that they could open anyway. Carol's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Carol. Hi, Clark. How are you? Well, I'm doing good. Thank you. So, Carol, how can I be of service to you? Okay. uh, A couple of weeks ago, my 86-year-old mom got a letter in her paper box, and it was a photocopy uh, from a major movie company, and they wanted to use her house for a movie. And um, I have researched it, and it is a, you know, it is legit. The movie is legit. But I was just a little concerned because it was just in, stuck in the paper box, and, you know, it was photocopied. There were several, uh, you know, numbers and names on this letter to, for her to call. But I was just real concerned, you know, because she is 86 years old, and um, I just wanted to make sure that this was legitimate. So uh, in areas where a lot of television production movies are going on, there are location specialists that go out and scout for stuff that works in line with the script and the scenes in a movie and television show. And they either want just exterior, which is not as intrusive in somebody's life, or they want to do a full interior shoot. And they love doing that in homes that are for sale that are vacant. Um, They... They don't like it as much when it's a home that's fully occupied because there's more dislocation for people and they've got to move furniture out if they're doing indoor scenes and all that. Did the did the photocopied letter indicate, did they want it for exterior only or did it not specify? Uh, it did not specify that. Okay. So there are a few things you should know if, are you going to call for your mom, or are you going to have her call? Well, you know, I don't think she really wants to do it. Oh, if she doesn't want to do she, it, don't even call. Yeah. Now, that yeah, makes it pretty has, easy, because right. I was I was about to rain on her wallet parade and tell you about the inconveniences that happen, you know, with the, right. with the crew coming, the equipment they have, what they call the honey wagons. Um, there's... Uh, potentially property damage that occurs and neighbors might hate your mom because it could be you know it could be loud disruption so the money you get is money that's really helpful to people who have a house that's vacant they're trying to sell and they don't have the disruption either and they probably don't care as much about the neighbors being inconvenienced if they've already moved out but when you still live in a house particularly if they want to do an interior shoot, 
it is a significant amount of inconvenience. Okay. Well, I think she made the right decision for her, but I just, you know, I just really wanted to hear from you if it was, so you feel like that it is a legitimate letter then. That's, well, that's I can't say do. the particular letter she received. I've not heard of any scams operating pretending okay, to right. be production shoots, but it is a, a completely, how you described it is exactly how it works, is they just come and they put a photocopied letter in your box and you're calling somebody with a location service the you know the names and numbers are usually some of the location service and we get those letters uh, a few a year and we've never actually been able to match up with anybody because either they weren't offering enough money or they didn't offer us enough assurances about how our property was going to be protected so right. for us it's something that we are playing hard to get and nobody's come along with the right ticket for us for us to want to do it will is with us on the clark howard show hello will hello sir how are you doing today great thank you will how can i be of service to you i have some extra cash i have my six months of emergency salary saved up and it's sitting in my savings account earning a two dollar and 41 cent a month return and there's got to be a better place i can put this money can you help me so there's not a lot you can do other than uh stashing it in one of the online banks where you'll earn two plus percent on your money do you know that two dollars and change what interest rate you're getting paid right now what percent less than one percent yeah you gotta you gotta move it because at least you know your idle cash if you can put it to work earning a little more and with the federal reserve raising interest rates we're going to see savings rates move towards three percent with the online banks not a huge amount but still progress okay so well, do you know how to find an online bank well uh, that's i found one i found a couple and uh, one of them has a, a nice 2.5 for a 12-month cd so don't do a- don't do the twelve month CDs right now because with us being in a cycle where interest rates are going up, as long as that's happening, you're best off leaving your money floating than to lock in at two and a half since you can earn on simple savings accounts uh, uh, near that. You don't want to lock in down your money. Also, if you if it is for a rainy day. You have it in a CD. You can't pull the money out when that rain happens. Okay. So a, a straight online savings account is what I'd advise. And they're advertised pretty heavily now. I've seen because my I don't know if you know this about me. I don't watch television at all except during football season. So I okay. catch up on what's being advertised when football season comes along and now i've seen all these ads for the online banks that i didn't know were being advertised but if you want to see a list of the latest rates go to um one example of a list you can look at is bankrate.com and you can just click on savings rates so keep saving that money and uh it's great you've got six months put away Fred is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Fred. Hey, Clark. How you doing, sir? Great. Thank you, Fred. You've been raising your credit score, and 
Have you been happy with the progress? So far, so good. It's taken a lot of work, but uh, time and time and work's what it takes. Well, good for you. Uh, uh, what are you thinking of doing now? Let's see if I can be of service. Well, my main question for you today is it has to do with credit age. So I have about five, maybe six credit cards floating around here. Uh, I'm, you know, I really don't want to own credit cards unless I really need one. Uh, I went to get a mattress a couple months ago. And, of course, when they approved me for their financing, they said, well, we're going to put you on a fancy credit card. And I said, all right. So I get another credit card. Uh, now my credit age has gone down probably 20 to 30%. What I'm wondering is, I've already paid off this mattress. I paid it off way early. Uh, if I cancel that new credit card, will my credit age go? No, it won't change up? the aging. You know, when you close an account, the aging that occurred is already there. But the good news is that the aging of accounts is a tiny portion of what makes up your credit score. Okay. So what is okay. your score today? Do you know? I'm at a 754. If you're at 754, just keep doing what you're doing. You're just fine. Okay. You, you're at a point, so, once you get, depending on the lender, 740 to 760, you can get any loan product you want, and you don't want to close lines of credit if you can because the, the mix of the amount of available credit you're using versus the available credit you have is one of the most important factors. So just leave things as they are. You're doing great. Today's Clark Rageous Moment is about a problem that has existed all the years I've been on the air, going back over 30 years, and that is affinity fraud. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous Moment. Affinity fraud is when you let your guard down and you're more likely not to ask the questions you would ask because it's someone familiar to you and could be an organization, could be the profession you're in, could be your religion, whatever it is. Just because somebody shares something in common with you doesn't mean you just trust what they're saying. You may have heard there was... Uh, scam operating that was specifically targeting people who were uh, very religious Christians. And the people being targeted had millions of dollars stolen from them by people who claimed that they were able to invest in a way that was going to create a lot more wealth for the fellow religious people that they would approach they even ripped off churches promising they were going to make big money for people in their investment method and instead what happened is they took the money and they used it for lifestyle they went on great vacations they used it to buy fancy cars they bought a maserati a lamborghini they um, bought a mansion, a yacht. They went to Tahiti. I mean, they had a great time with everybody's money, including wiping out the reserve funds of a couple of churches. 
know that with any pitch for any investment, particularly when it's somebody saying, trust us, we're going to take your money, we're going to do great things with it, just because you know them, in this case, to be people supposedly of faith who share a common belief with you, with your money, you always need to verify and be very careful and cautious when you invest with people who say they are the miracle workers that are going to use your money and make great things happen. Because that's about the only promise they made to people. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's all about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. And you can follow me at facebook.com slash Howard. So let's say you used to be on Facebook. And you don't use Facebook anymore. But your account just kind of sits out there. You know, they call that in internet security a ghost account, where you just have it hanging out there in suspended animation, just sitting there as prey for a hungry hacker. And in fact, what's recommended is that with any old accounts you don't use anymore, try to think through old email accounts. I recently um, terminated an old email account that I didn't even remember how to get in the account. I had to do one of those password resets because there's one I used to use I don't use anymore, but it was sitting out there and it could have been a source of mischief. I did it because my wife recently got an email from someone who she hadn't had contact with in years who said, hey, I think your email account's been hacked because I got this weird, weird email from you. And my wife said, uh, texted her and said, what email address was it? Gave her the email. She said, oh, man, I haven't used that email address in forever. So she went and killed that account. But this is a problem with so many different things social media obviously email uh, any company or service that you used in the past you don't use anymore and the easiest way for you to know that it's something you probably should do something about look through your email and look at the emails you're getting from people who say ah I don't use those people anymore. I'm still getting all those emails. Go shut down that account. Don't leave things laying out there that can be a hassle for you. So whatever works for you, whatever time of year or anything like that, I mean, gosh, talking about it just for Christmas, probably in my best timing to bring this up because a lot of people are really busy during the holidays. But when you can come up with that time, maybe it's your New Year's resolution. And it's one you can actually keep. That's just a couple of weeks away. So clean it up. Get it out of your life. David's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, David. Hey there. How are you, Clark? Great. Thank you, David. How can I be of service? So um, my 
My grandparents decided to give my son a a generous gift of $30,000 this year, one from each of the the grandparents. That's fantastic, Um, because you're allowed to give, we should set the table, you're allowed to give $15,000 if you have that kind of money and you can afford to. You're allowed to give it to any other person without any gift tax implications at all, up to that amount. And so they each gave the 15, they're good. Yeah, absolutely, and absolutely generous. So we are wanting to put it aside for his college fund. Um, we do already have a 529 plan, so we were planning on putting it in there for him. Um, but with you know the recent market volatility, you know it kind of has me concerned about just up and dumping in 30 grand. Um, sure. How old is you know, your son? Normally, we um, so he's he's 10. Okay. So we're talking maybe seven, eight years out before he would look to use it. Right. And, and so you go with the cycle of college. Most people take five and a half years to get through college. So your window to use the money is actually a little wider, that the first use might be 11 years away, the last use uh, 15, 16 years away, unless your son would go to graduate school. So you could, if it would, if it would give you more peace of mind, you could put the money in over let's say uh 15 months at 2000 a month okay and that way you would not have it all sitting there at once if there was suddenly a correction or a bear market come along now the math says that uh you should just throw it in there and you've got more than a decade and the market even if it tanked would have time to recover but i'm more comfortable looking at you if you're disciplined about it phasing the money in putting it in over the next year and a half or 15 months or somewhere in that time period okay 15 seems to work really well is that is that too aggressive do you feel like you want to take it a little slower putting money in um no, I mean I think I'll probably be comfortable with that. Um, I don't know. I mean maybe consider stretching out to two years, but um, no, I mean I think I think that seems reasonable. I guess my question would then be, you know, for the money that that's you know before I put that in there, would it be best to keep it in his online savings account that he has, or would it be best to go ahead and put it in there, but put it in a money market, you know, their money market fund? or something like that with their short, you know, like one of their short-term funds. That's actually the easiest strategy to do is go ahead and put it in this, uh, whatever they call it, stable value, money market, whatever, inside the 529 plan. And then you just uh, automatically remember, you know, put it on your calendar because I don't think you can automatically transfer in most of the plans. Just put it on your calendar to remember to move that amount of money every month, whatever it is you choose to do. Okay. And so I like that idea because, uh, you know, the market, you just don't know. And we've had quite a a run-up over the years, even though we have volatility now. So dollar cost averaging is what it's called, and I like that as a way to handle it. Okay, well, perfect. And by the way, do your parents know my address to send me my 30000 (laughs) <laughs> I can, I'll, I'll pull that off your website for you. <laughs> oh, and um, I forgot to mention, who owns the 529 account? Uh, I did. 
That's okay. That's exactly what I want. Right. That's perfect. All right. Well, have a great day, and I'll be looking for my money. Bill is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Bill. Hi, Clark. How are you today? Great. Thank you, Bill. Long-time listener. So what we have is a small business. We started growing grapes about eight years ago, and in the last six months, we started turning those grapes that we've learned how to grow over those years into wine and started selling the wine. We use an online system to capture our sales revenue. There is some cash involved. But we average on a weekend one to $2,000 per week. There's no payroll because it's all family and it's startled. So the online deposits go into a business savings account. I learned that trick a long time ago being inside corporate America. But, and so when I need dollars in checking, I move the money over electronically. So I'm comfortable doing that. And there are no electronic payments in our area, so I need to be able to write checks, and I need to be able to do cash deposits. However, listening to your program in July triggered light bulbs going off, and the brick and mortars aren't paying what the online banks or savings accounts are. So I started looking around. Our brick and mortar does like a tenth of a percent. (laughs) That's like nothing. Nothing, nothing. But nothing is better than something of nothing. Anyway, something is better than nothing. So I started looking, as you suggested, credit uh, union, of which I'm a member, but I can't co-mingle with that personal funds and business. They're paying like 1.5. And military uh, organization that I do business with, they're paying about 1.5. Well, thank you for your service to our country. Which branch were you in? Army. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, so you were talking about USAA now, I guess? She told me not to mention any brand names. But well, yes. I asked. It's fine. <laughs> so the question, the question becomes one then. Now that I want to have better management of that money, I don't want it sitting there idle. And I want to take that money that's now deposited into our brick-and-mortar bank and put it someplace else, your thoughts. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. So you can earn a couple of percent now with the online banks, and doing that just makes sense. How do I go and sort through which are the better ones? Is there like a consumer report on? There's something close to that, and the bank rate, um, bankrate.com does a list that they update, I guess, every day or a couple times a week of the highest rates you can earn on savings. And some of those are consumer only. Others are for consumer and business. And you can look through, and they give a rating on them. And and the rating is based on a few factors, but it'll be up to five stars. And they'll all be FDIC-insured. So it's pretty easy to look through the survey, go look at the financial institution itself, and see which one meets your needs and you're comfortable with. Okay, very good. So I'm so intrigued. You spent how many years uh, figuring out how to grow the grapes before you could 
have your first bottle of wine from your family winery? That Well, it takes three years to grow the grapes before they'll give you fruit. And the deer and the birds ate the first harvest. Oh. We, we had a better grasp of it the next harvest and obtained some grapes, not the amount that we thought we would get. The original idea was to be able to sell them to a winery. That's the way the university explained it to us. And turned out the winery didn't want them anymore, so we went to the Amish and the Mennonites. They did. They picked them. But the ROI wasn't good enough based on the effort and the fertilizer and the care we had to do to them. So our daughter said, okay, um, my husband and you, Dad, you guys go make wine. I like wine. And he and I just kind of looked at each other. I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> started down that journey. And it took us from scratch to about two, two and a half years before we could make a really good wine. And now we're able to use the harvest, make the wine, and grow the family business. All right. This is the greatest story ever. I love this. So this is something that you're doing both as an avocation and as a, as a vocation. And you're having fun doing it, I can tell. Well, and it's, I'm not a farmer. So it, this is all purely by accident. Everything, every step that we've done, we have learned basically through imagination, creativity, and, and total accident. The plus on the whole thing is being able to have work with your daughter, your, your children, your grandchildren, the great-grandchildren, get to see it. Or when you're in corporate America, you can't do any of that kind of thing. Wait, wait, wait. So you have kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids? Absolutely. And you're out there stomping on grapes. Well, <laughs> you wouldn't expect, I've listened to you long enough, to take 50 years of business experience and all wrap it up into a little bundle and park it on a rocking chair and don't do anything with it. True, true. Good for you. Well, I wish you continued success. That is such a fun story that I'm glad you were able to share it. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. Producer Joel asks it for you. Clark Mary wrote in and said, what's the best way to get out of a timeshare without the outrageous fees? Timeshare. I hear the word. I start shallow breathing. It's, it's just so hard. And the timeshare developers that sell these timeshares, the marketeers, they know they're selling something that has no market value, which is why, in my mind, it's a defective product. So paying fees to somebody is not necessarily going to do anything for you other than cost you fees. There are a couple of potential techniques to maybe, maybe cross your fingers, be able to unload a timeshare. One is go look at timeshare users group. The web address, it's a weird web address, tug, T-U-G, the number two dot N-E-T dot net. And you can go look at the users group for your actual timeshare. There'll be other people who posted. You'll be able to maybe ask questions, how people have been able to sell. Anybody want to just have a timeshare week there? And you have to be prepared to just give it away because that is the net value 
of timeshares, even from the big names. Um, second thing, may or may not work, used to work a little differently, vacatia.com, V-A-C-A-T-I-A.com. Third way is old-fashioned. Go the week of your timeshare. And while you're there, you may find somebody who's really enjoying being there who would like to have your timeshare week. But don't pay any of these outfits fees up front for their promises. Those fees will go. The timeshare won't. All right, Clark, Pete wrote in. He says, now that Medicare has sent out new numbers to protect seniors from fraud, what are health care providers who already have our old Social Security numbers required to do with them? There have been numerous stories about health providers dumping medical records rather than destroying them sure. when they go out of business or retire from practice. Right. There is no procedure in place for destroying those records. So I can't do anything for people whose Medicare number has been your Social Security number, but I can do something for you when you go to any medical facility, any doctor's office, any lab, any hospital, never, 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 not ever fill in the blank on every form you're ever handed that asks for your Social Security number. Don't do it. You're creating a paper trail of trouble and an electronic trail of trouble. All right. And Jessica wrote in. She said, my 10-year-old son received a credit card application in the mail. Is there anything I need to be worried about? Uh, well, if he runs up a lot of charges on it. Um, I'm sorry. I'm being silly. So the possibility exists that somebody is impersonating your son and you need to check to see if there's a credit file existing on your son. You can do that with all three credit bureaus using his social security number to check to see if there is a credit file there. And that's when requesting that file, you may find there is trouble. Hopefully there's not any. And you do have the ability now to freeze a child's credit file so that nobody can apply for credit as if they're them. And we explain that on our credit freeze guide at Clark.com. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.